नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चारबक पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा ऑलराइट टुडेस पॉडकास्ट इज कॉल्ड जियोपॉलिटिक्स अराउंड द ऑटोमोटिव इंडस्ट्री एंड टू टॉक अबाउट इट आई हैव विद मी कुशन मित्रा कुशन इज बैक ऑन द पॉडकास्ट कुशन थैंक यू एंड वेलकम थैंक यू फॉर हैविंग मी कुशल एंड यू जस्ट टोल्ड मी अबाउट योर हेल्थ आई होप यू गेट वेल सून एंड थैंक यू फॉर कंटिन्यू टू डू द पॉडकास्ट मैन थैंक्स इट्स ओके आ अभी अभी तो ऐसा है कि दिस इज अ न्यू मोड पॉडकास्टिंग विद सम फीवर सो आई डोंट नो बट इट्स ओके सो इन केस आई फाइव फॉल ऑफ द स्क्रीन एक्सीडेंटली आई एम जस्ट किरिंग नथिंग इज गोना हैपन बट या सो जस्ट टू गिव एवरीबॉडी अ ब्रीफ बैकग्राउंड सो द फर्स्ट टाइम वी डिड द पॉडकास्ट सो कुशन एंड आई हैड दिस डिस्कशन ऑन द फोन कॉल इटसेल्फ व्हेन वी हैड डिसाइडेड टू स्टार्ट डूइंग दीस पॉडकास्ट्स दैट वी विल डू अ सीरीज ऑफ देम सो द फर्स्ट टाइम वी लुक्ड एट अ मोर base level history of the automotive industry in india we barely scratched the surface so i remember clearly kushana told me that uh, okay next time we'll talk about geopolitics then um, uh, we're going to stick to the geopolitics bit but one article that was written recently by kushan on the print on the 29th of october it was called toyota solid state batteries can solve ev problems big time but i have my doubts now why this caught my eye i'll share my personal experience so i drove along with my wife the tesla model 3 when i was in america this time we rented a model 3 and we did a long trip not a local trip so we we rented the model 3 in michigan detroit we went all the way to new jersey from new jersey we drove to washington dc and from washington dc we drove all the way back to detroit city again to drop off the vehicle now i have had the whole hog of charging how to charge what is the ideal percentage everything how to use the tesla navigation for finding superchargers so i have a lot of personal experiences about that but we will do all of that before but i'll hand it over now to kushan and you lay the foundation of how do you want to look at the geopolitics bit so the geopolitics is very simple issue right now okay um, as been written about by global magazines as well um, simply put uh, right now we don't control in india control our supply of uh, hydrocarbon energy right we're all importing oil from russia even if it's russia even if it's cheaper we're still importing it right and um, it allows states like qatar some leverage over us as we're seeing with the current controversy because all our gas is coming from there now one reason to shift towards electric vehicles always was to reduce dependence on these uh, petro states but one country in particular has developed their uh, ev ecosystem actually the battery manufacturing ecosystem completely and that is china china controls everything and companies like byd in particular byd has the mines they mine the lithium to producing the final car so they do everything it's a fully integrated processor of lithium in that sense and china has invested heavily um, in the charging ecosystem and <clears throat> right now even in their own companies like byd and catl and mg you know saic so uh, the the fear of course we have is we go from being dependent on some nations that uh, the petro states the gulf nations to being dependent on china for supplies of uh, ev parts cars batteries everything 
And very honestly, um, China isn't a friend, right? I mean, it's fair to say that. Absolutely. Friend is a very uh, uh, nice way to put it. They are Dushman Dushman Desh. They are foes, not friends. Yeah, exactly. So do you really want to be dependent on China for your uh, transport infrastructure if you want to move towards EV? But I mean, I live in Delhi and I look out of my window right now and you can see the mark in front of you. And uh, I mean, AQI is horrible. I'm running two air purifiers in my drawing room because I've got a toddler at home, not a preschooler now, at home. Um, what do you, I mean, vehicular pollution plays a role in this pollution. We'll be very honest. I mean, I might write about the auto industry. It's so-called my industry, but vehicular pollution is real. It's not just, you know, like stubble burning or parali burning that's happening right now. Or the mm. construction, I also air quality sucks because of it's But vehicular... I mean, the number of vehicles on our roads is going up. It's going to continue to go up for the next 20 years as our economy grows. As, uh, you know, we have in this country celebrated private car ownership, obviously. So, and, and people want it. It's, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've done upwardly mobile. Younger Indians who are making money will want a car. And um, you, I mean, so there, there is that need also. So you do need to slightly decarbonize your transport infrastructure, your private vehicles as well, whether they are two-wheelers or four-wheelers or buses. And will that lead you to be more dependent on China? So that's the geopolitics of EV. It's very easy to say that, um, you know, Japan and South Korea or Taiwan can pick up the slack, but they're not really. I mean, they just don't have the capacity China does. And uh, the only good thing is, I think, that uh, both Europe and the U.S. have recognized this as well. So they are highly incentivizing the U.S., in particular with uh, Joe Biden's uh, green program, uh, really incentivizing uh, local manufacturing of you know everything, um, refining, mining in the U.S. as well. Um, we found lithium out in uh, Jammu a few months mm -hmm. ago, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just finding the lithium. I'm sure we'll find more lithium in India, but it's also the processing, the mining. And uh, my fear is, you know, there are always uh, rent seekers and, um, you know, like they shut down the Sterlite plant in Tamil Nadu and we've been from being a copper, net copper exporter to a net copper importer. Um, for years, uh, the bauxite in Niamgiri has been, you know, challenged for various wild reasons you know environmental causes become a huge thing in india but you know you couldn't do anything in china for stopping their mining or anything like that um and i know sometimes i call some environmentalists in the european union in particular nothing more than white supremacists because you know they want to keep uh india down it's all india that has to Matt, they, they're not going to give up their quality of life for uh, Indians. As I'm saying, you cannot, how can I begrudge um, somebody buying a car? Because, you know, they, they, they made their, they've done well in life, they got their first job, whether it's IT company or not, they're going to buy a car. So it's a very conflicted issue, both sides, right? I mean, people will want to buy cars, cars add to pollution, so how do you control that pollution? And we want to go down the EV road, but how do we do it? So the lithium we found, we have to mine it, refine it, process it, do all of that in India, set up the ecosystem over here. 
hope, as I said, hopefully other countries also realize that and India can play a role in creating um, alternate alternative to China in the EV ecosystem at least. But there are some things China does very, very well. Uh, I mean, what, what China has not just built is the manufacturing, but the, you know, companies like BYD and CATL, which are the two largest battery makers in the world, have developed a lot of their own intellectual property now. Um, you know, you can see Chinese companies actually, I'm, I don't know how many of you use any products by DJI, but DJI is a world-class company now. They're developing proper hardware that, you know, Europe and America have not. So it's not just enough to set up manufacturing in India. We also have to set up IP. But at the same time, we have to understand we are, uh, it is a globalized economy. Some things will be done better by other countries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very fearful that we end up becoming very, too dependent on China. And uh, would we want that is the question. Now, my, I have a counter here. Now, at the end of the day, we are in a peculiar sort of a situation as a nation because we don't have large reserves of oil for ourselves. So, nor do we have the required uh, raw material that is needed for electric batteries. So, in a situation like this, for a nation like ours, we really can't have a say beyond a point in any issue, right? Whether it's X or Y. And... Why can't we look at these things as we may have less leverage on issue A, but we can counter it and create a counter leverage by having issue B. So China might have a number on us, let's say on EVs, but are there certain things that we can also have on them? Now, right now, I know uh, the, the balance of trade between India and China is incomparable. So there we have a huge problem. But in the case of the Arab nations, now that there we do have a serious leverage over them because their economies run on us because of our diaspora. So it's not so easy for them to mess with us. Uh, in fact, uh, dealing with the Arab world is far easier than dealing with China, if you ask me personally. The, the, the long history is between India and Arabia. It's not just, you know, the, the oil might have only been for the last, you know, three quarters of a century, but um, we are, our civilizational ties go back millennia before mm -hmm. Islam, pre-Islam, uh, pre-Islamization of the Arab Peninsula. I mean, there are links to, um, I mean, you go to Egypt and Egypt and it's obviously, yeah, we can deal with Arabia because we know them. China and India, you're absolutely correct, very different. Um, but it's very simple to say that we can you know, do something on trade. We, we can't even deal. I mean, our imports from China are still climbing because, you know, everything, even if things are assembled in India, even the TVs you are seeing or the phones you are seeing are saying made in India or assembled in India, it, the, China is doing the bulk of the value addition. And that's going to change as more manufacturing happens. Now, the auto industry, I do think India has leveraged for a very different reason. This year, passenger vehicle sales will cross 4 million. We are by far and away the third largest car market in the world. Even if you take, I think in the next couple of years, even if you take Western Europe as a 
giant market of its own, uh, or even all of the EU as a giant market of its own, um, we'll be above that. Sure, the value of the vehicles we sell here isn't that great, but even that's climbing now. So we do have that leverage. You know, that's the leverage we have on Tesla as well. Why is Tesla, if you've heard Elon in India, why did uh, Elon, you know, his guys have been talking to the government over here. They, they, they will set up in India. It's very sure. It's almost certain that, um, I mean, I know guys who are helping Tesla in their potential operations in India. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and say that Tesla will set up a plant in India. Mm -hmm. But the market is very attractive. It won't be something like a Model 3 as you drove the Model 3. The Model 3 is not a small car. It's a small car by American standards. But yeah, very small. Very small. I mean, compared to something like the Model uh, X or the Model Y, which are huge, right? Oh, but What a car, but, man. But the Model 3 in India is a large sedan, something like the Skoda Octavia or something like that, right? I mean, it's not it's not a, a 3 Series, a BMW 3 Series, a C-Class. So that's a that level of car. But for India, they'll come up with something like the Model... I mean, everybody's calling it something like Model 2, something smaller. Uh, and uh, if they can get the pricing done, I'm sure, uh, you know, we can... You're looking at a 25 lakhish product. Uh, even though the Model 3 in China and I mean China, Tesla has been cutting prices. The Model 3 in China costs under 30 lakhs, if I'm correct. The entry level, I think. Yeah, they cut 30. a lot of prices in America also recently. I don't know if you yeah, know yeah. about that. Weirdly enough, the EV market is declining uh, in America. Uh, because, reasons uh, there are lots of reasons. I mean, you drove down the from Michigan down the Northeast Corridor, the Northeast Corridor yes. and the West. And, uh, you know, the Western seaboard have a lot of chargers. But I, I'm sure the moment you go west of Chicago um, and uh, in the U.S., the entire Midwest, in the center of that country, there's almost nothing. nothing. I mean, you can possibly do some of the larger highways. So the, there's a the charging infrastructure issue. I mean, talking about it in India also. And you use... Tesla superchargers. Now, if I talk about electric vehicles in India, I've been driving right. the Hyundai, Hyundai Ionic 5 now for about five months. That's the long-term car that Hyundai has given me. Uh, I live with the electric. Uh, in this country, it's amazing. Uh, the Hyundai electrics don't use Chinese batteries. They use South Korean batteries, obviously. But uh, it's it's been a learning experience. Uh, there, there are chargers. I mean, I charge at home. And home charging makes EVs extremely affordable. They're extremely cheap to run. And um, But uh, it's a pain, you know, getting charges. I, I can't consider going from Delhi to Kanpur, where my in-laws are, uh, in an electric car. It's 500 kilometers. The car just about has the range, but, you know, not enough for me to trust it all the way. Risk And there are no really fast charges. You know, you're not going to wait for two hours on a highway to charge your car because um, I mean I used to call it when I was younger Susu and Sutta stop with a coffee uh, you know something like that I mean those are 15 minute stops yeah yeah ye bahut, bahut lamba susu ho <laughs> yeah those about two hours is too, too, too long so anyway back to the issue at hand uh, we are the world's third largest car market we're not small yeah the value of the car is growing uh, mm -hmm. and which is why Tesla wants to come to India 
which is why the Chinese companies are still desperate to come to India. It's not about, I mean, um, uh, MG, which is a part of Shanghai Automotive Industrial Corporation. Uh, MG was going to grow in India until uh, the incidents of the Galwan Valley occurred. After that, Great Wall Motors application was denied. Uh, BYD's application to grow in India has been denied. And MG is finding it difficult to raise funds. And uh, uh, you're right. I mean, we do. Uh, if if we do allow China into India, it will drive down the cost of EVs. No doubt about that. You see what China did in the smartphone market. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the cost of. I mean, okay, Reliance is doing some of their own devices now, but look at what you're getting for about six to eight grand nowadays on a smartphone. That's all thanks to China. Um, you can't doubt that. I mean. If you give China a few years in EVs and with the IP they're developing, and I'm sure you could get the 15 lakh rupee proper good range EV. But as you said, the terms you use to describe China, I mean, do we want to be dependent on China? Do it's a, it's a risk you do, and at the same time, if the battery and the controllers and the motors are all imported from China, you are also hollowing out manufacturing in India. Keep in mind, the automotive industry employs a lot of people, even though, I mean, I just went to the Maruti plant in Gurgaon a few uh, days ago, and it's very, very automated, extremely automated. What's a good thing is some of the automation is now made in India. The, they have automated guided vehicles running on the factory floor. Those are made by Indian companies. It's awesome. Wow. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah, but that's really cool. Um, the robots are still mainly Japanese uh, in Japanese plants and Korean and Korean plants. But, uh, you know, it still employs a lot. I mean, everybody, I yeah, think about it. So when you hollow it out, when you, you know, when the cars um, become, the battery pack is the most valuable part of the car, the motor is the most valuable. Making a body shell is, it's, yeah, it's, it's the heavy machinery part, but it's not really. Uh, the least the, complex part. It's the least of the value add. In an EV, the battery is almost half the value of the vehicle, at least in a car, in a two-wheeler less so because the batteries are smaller. But in a car, it's much of the value of the vehicle. And um, if half the value we are doing, no, none of that value addition over here. Because if you look at a car like, say, uh, a Maruti Swift also. A Maruti Swift is 95 to 98% uh, you know, value addition is Indian. Maybe some controllers, some chipsets come from abroad, but much of the value addition is at home. So Mother, I have a hmm. question about this. So I understand all of this that we should, uh, like if we did not have some sort of a protectionist attitude about our automotive industry, then we would not even have had our own car companies in the first no. place, right? So why can't we have that kind of a mindset when it comes to even the electric vehicle industry where the market demand is so high that eventually all these companies will spend money on research and development and build their own uh, uh, batteries in that sense. Now, I do understand that the raw material is always going to be coming from some part of the world, like it or not. But it's still doable because uh, because not only do, do uh, am I looking at it from a car industry perspective, Kushan. Now a lot of two wheelers are also electric, right? I 
क्या होता है कि मैं इतना टीवी देखता नहीं हूँ मगर आजकल अभी वर्ल्ड कप चालू है तो आई एम वॉचिंग तो वो एड्स आ रही है तो एक एड आ रही है वो हीरो की एक एड आ रही है जिसमें आई सॉ दैट इलेक्ट्रिक मूवेबल बैटरीज एंड स्टफ लाइक दैट नाउ इफ अ कंपनी लाइक हीरो सो आई एम अज्यूमिंग हीरो मस्ट बी इंपोर्टिंग ऑल दीज बैटरीज राइट Everybody's important. I actually very recently, and I'm sure you must, I, I, you must get this guy Tarun Mehta, who's the founder of Ether Energy, onto your show. Okay. I just went to uh, Ether Energy's factory in Hosur, uh, Tamil okay. Nadu, just on the Tamil Nadu Karnataka border, uh, and met Tarun as well at the Ether offices in Bangalore. They are doing a lot of work. They are developing a lot of IP. This is a company that was born in IIT Madras. Uh, mm. they've developed a lot of the ip uh, in house they became 10 years old they're a billion dollar company in fact the largest investor is hero and that's a hero has their own brand and and so there are a lot of the funding and the capital they raised is also indian as a result um they do some really interesting work i mean they they say okay our cells but they do admit and some of the cells come in they are making the battery packs in india at least they're getting the just the raw cells from abroad there are some other companies doing that lots of innovation being driven in india i i mean i've met up with several of these companies in the last 6 months alone um, there was a, a company called exponent energy that's developing their own charging ecosystem that will allow a cargo three wheeler to charge mm-hmm. in 15 minutes fully charge and they're doing that by building their uh, the cooling system into the charger so you have cooled water that's going through the charging port so they have don't proprietary charging port So there's a lot going on. There's a company called Log Nine Materials also in Bangalore. So Bangalore has become this EV hub, particularly in the IP creation front. And it's great that we are creating that IP at least on the two-wheeler, three-wheeler front. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. We are the world's largest two-wheeler market. The shift is happening. Yes, the cost. There is a cost, and I I don't want to get into the politics of uh, the fame subsidy, which was pretty messed up. the way the government and manufacturers have done it but uh, there is a lot of great ip happening in india a lot of great companies i may have written about them uh, great stuff they're doing great ip and uh, of course everybody knows of what bhavish is doing with ola um so yes but the gold standard for vehicles is always the passenger car the passenger car is it i mean uh, we all talk about passenger cars that's what you want um over there um i mean there's a lot of stuff that tata and mahindra are doing as well let's make um, you know i was um, i was privy had gone to south africa earlier this year with mahindra and they showcased we want to take pictures of it but we saw the production ready version of their first built from the ground up ev and it looks really sexy it looks like you know something you'd want to buy and that should be out in 2026 and there's some stuff that tata is doing they come yesterday itself and the results announcement they announced that they are developing their ev platform jointly with uh, jaguar land rover and they'll also be coming up with their ground up uh, ecosystem maruti uh, last year i went to maruti's r&d facility in rohtak they've got this uh, 800 acres in rohtak they built what the country's largest test track uh and spend 4000 crores on building that so everybody's investing in india that's i mean 
this is a market that's going to grow. But uh, also at the same time, a lot of the ecosystem has to be helped by the government. Um, I think a lot of government policies and we have to encourage EV making. Yes, we'll be, as you're right, you're right. We'll import the raw lithium. We'll import some cells also maybe. But eventually we are a large enough market where we should produce everything inside India as much as possible. I mean, some raw materials we'll need to import. Just like we do for cars today, for the internal combustion engine vehicle, as I said, uh, for a bog standard Maruti hatchback or a Tata hatchback or a Hyundai hatchback, they are 95% made in India. All the value is Indian. Now, let us look into the vehicular market itself. So... Mm -hmm. Don't you think, considering the Indian market and considering the current state of affairs... So now let me narrate my journey. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend anybody to use an electric vehicle for long trips. That's my first honest answer. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's And this is me driving in a proper first world infrastructure country. Mm -hmm. America has... I mean, people can look at random videos of California, San Francisco, and assume that the country has gone to the dogs. Uh, I can assure you, <laughs> it has not. It has amazing infrastructure. And I struggled. So even if, see, I was in a place where there were enough superchargers. I'm talking about superchargers. Why now there are there is the regular charging system and there is a supercharging system. The difference is the supercharger takes very little time to charge for those who are not aware and the regular charger kuch nahi pura din udhar baith ke patte khelna fir gaon mein jaake char panch logon ke sath gossip karna fir do char logon ke sath fight maar ke aa jana tab tak gaadi charge ho chuki hogi ye difference hai supercharger aur normal electric charger mein so we would we had to obviously this was so we learnt a lot also so when we went to new jersey we would make a lot of mistakes biggest mistake we listen to Tesla's navigation guidance. Because you know what Tesla does? Usko jara sabhi sense aati hai na? Wo bolta hai, ye charger hai, idhar chale ja. Ye charger hai, idhar chale ja. Aur hum gade ke jaise jate gai. Jate gai. Jate gai. Humare ek aadha charging ka trip extra laga. To uska matlab ho gaya ki we wasted at least half an hour more. Every, acha. The thing I learned is you should not charge up to 100%. That was luckily written in the manual itself. It's like, you know, your cell phone charging, right? Uh, the last 10% of a cell phone takes more time. Similar rules apply to the uh, electric vehicle charging. So, we also learned that we gave 10% to the charge, then we started to charge 5-8% and we the 80% Average charging cushion used to cost between 12 to 14 dollars. 12 to 14 dollars में charge हो रहा था. Every time charge करो, इतना ही लगता है. यही range होती थी. कुछ station में कम लगता था, कुछ station में, मगर वो एक देड़ dollar का फरक था, इसके लिए इतना याद नहीं आ रहा है. मगर जितना याद है, I mean, my wife told me 12 to 14 dollars लग रहा था. Because I had forgotten. So I was like, I'm doing the podcast today, तेर को याद है. तो मैंने उसको पूछा. She was like 12 to 14 dollars होता था. But if I would have done the same trip using petrol, Kushan, I would have saved one and a half hour on the whole trip. And this is in America where charging in this zone was amply available. So all conditions remaining same, electric charging is not worth it 
on a long term until and unless you have that model s which has 450 miles ka range wo model s ki 450 miles hai. then yes then it is comparable to a petrol driven car magar so wo model s kon lega yaar no no you, you see in india if you want the ionic 5 i have gives a real world range of about 450 which is great in the city but but you were saying in the us right so my wife's cousin stays in seattle um and i'd gone to meet her that's where i first experienced a model uh, 3 back in jan 2020 and uh, he had a he had the tesla his wife had a bmw x3 which he said oh that's a, the x3 is the one we take up when you go to vancouver hmm. so you know the model 3 is the one that goes into from the of home to office and you know all of that but uh, you take the petrol car when you have to go on a long trip um and that's if you you mentioned about the story i did recently which is looking at that and how toyota is talking about solid state batteries that's a massive change uh, in battery technology that could change a lot of that uh toyota has been championing it however the chinese companies like byd and catl are developing a lot of it as well and mm-hmm. yes if you can say that i can do that 10 to 80% charge in 15 minutes and have great range that's it right i mean you're absolutely correct i mean the thing is in a in a petrol car today okay if i have something like uh, you're right i it's just a 10 minute you know fill it fill it shut it forget it right i mean you're done you've got 600 700 kilometers of range after that you don't need to worry about charging yeah. it and even if you run out of fuel even if the you know the low fuel indicator goes on on your instrument cluster 10 minute lagenge you got lucky when you went to uh, the us that the chargers were available and free but and many of the charging stations say on the yamuna expressway or on uh, other expressways like i the delhi bombay the chargers weren't even functional when i went on it um, with the electric i'll go again and try it out again but uh there's only one or two charging points right if there's a lot of electric vehicles two charging points won't cut it and they're not fast you had superchargers superchargers work fast the other chargers you absolutely do ghante teen ghante lagenge gapshap maar ke aao ya chutti karke aao yeah it's it's a, it's a, it's a pain that is uh, the huge problem for me i mean people say oh you you must plan your trip i agree you must plan your trip yes i you know I've learned. I want to look at all the chargers. I want to take. I I took the Ionic to Agra. I've taken it to Jaipur. But Jaipur was a bit of a almost a miss. Just about had enough range. Had to do a quick uh, half an hour dash uh, of power. But um, with the you know Agra was easy enough. There are enough chargers inside a city. I know. wherever there's a taj hotel in india i now know there's a tata power charger uh, there are networks like static in north india that are very good uh, india now jio bp is doing a great job in the west and south with setting up chargers but these aren't fast these are 60 kilowatt chargers maximum Poo. so either you're going to keep on doing this you know 15 20 minute charge the car up by you know get 20% of charge and you know keep on doing 20% all the time but we have a long way to go 
I don't yaar, think the infrastructure is great. I, I, I am convinced that electric vehicles are only meant for city driving. They are just not yeah. designed for long-term driving. Long range driving ke liye nahi. I am never going to rent another electric vehicle in my life when I'm going to plan a long trip. I am not going to do it. मैंने अपने कान पकड़ लिए वो एक फाइव सेवन डे ट्रिप करके मैं पागल हो गया I get it, and I get it. You know, having it. I mean, I I know there are big EV fans out there who get very many of them get very agitated at some of my columns and say, "No, you should be driving like this." You should be driving. I said, "Boss, I'm not going to adapt my driving style every single time. Uh, I will adapt a bit. I do adapt a bit, but I'm not. You know, if if I like some speed once in a while, I like some speed. And electric cars are very good fun to drive. Very honestly, because Of the instant power and the instant torque. I don't know if you tried with the model. Uh, did you try ludicrous mode? Did you have a car with ludicrous mode? Yeah, I think we did. Do you try try it? No, man. <laughs> you should. <It's> awesome. <laughs> you should. No, no. Honestly, um, like uh, when I've gone with quite, quite a few. In fact, weirdly enough, Seattle is now the city I have most friends at now. Uh, everybody's moved out of the valley. Um, And uh, so many of them have Teslas. All the Desi boys in Seattle have Teslas. अरे हर अभी Tesla का तो ऐसा है ना सच्ची सच्ची बता रहा हूँ हर तीसरी Tesla में तेरे को Desi दिखता है उधर. Exactly. I mean, uh, and Tesla is a great software, so the Desi love it. So in Seattle, every one of my friends, school friends, college friends, everybody had Tesla. I mean, one in the house. I mean, the guys had a Tesla, and some of them also had a big fat Ford F one fifty on the side. But still, but yeah, um, long trips is the thing. But cities are awesome, right? I mean, at the end of the day, bulk of the driving any of us do, whether it's you, me, anybody, is in the city. We are commuting, even if you are commuting from Noida to Gurgaon or from Mumbai to Thane or Mumbai to Nasik, for that matter. They're urban drives. Uh, electric works best, and um, the operational cost of a ev is unbelievable something like uh, the new tata nexon or dv i drove recently in pune that will give you uh, you know almost 10 kilometers for one unit i mean if you drive it very carefully i mean even if you drive it hard it will give you 6 kilometers per unit and keep in mind the unit costs 8 bucks 9 bucks 10 bucks and your your running costs for a ev are I mean, but the capital cost is so much more um, for the Tata Nexon EV, which is India's best-selling uh, electric vehicle. The top-end petrol automatic costs on the road about seventeen um, lakhs. For the top-end uh, uh, EV, will be over twenty-one lakhs. So on the road in Delhi. So I mean, four lakhs. You get a bit more features for sure, but that's a lot of money. Four lakhs is a lot of money, and how much money does it cost yearly? So you know, Nexon EV, if you get an average of about twelve to fourteen kilometers per liter, depends on how much you drive. Again, right, the same math you will do. So Nexon EV will cost about six to seven rupees a kilometer to run. Versus one rupee a kilometer for the EV, so you save six bucks per kilometer. Yeah, if you're doing, I mean, if you run it for uh, 
20,000 kilometers a year, you'll make your money back. You'll make your money back in three years. Uh, but okay. uh, That mean, is a lot of money saved. That is a lot of money saved. But if you're running 20,000 kilometers a year, many people don't even run 10,000 kilometers a year. Yeah, those many people are people. Yeah, so you see, if you if you use an electric car, keep in mind one reason many people don't buy electrics is they say that the battery is only going to last eight years. That is incorrect. A battery, like on your phone, has a number of charge cycles it can last. The batteries they use, um, so your phone battery starts going down after 1,500, 2,000, 3,000. If you charge your EV properly, you know, the occasional fast charge, and you know, charge it up to 80% if you're fast charging it, 100% if you're doing it at home, you can actually make a car EV battery degrade slowly, last 3,000 charge cycles. Each charge cycle giving, say, on a Nexon EV, 300 kilometers, that's mm-hmm. uh, even 250, even 250, if you go at as low as 250. You're talking about seven and a half lakh kilometers. That's how much a battery can last if you if you treat it well. Nobody's going to, the problem is you're not going to drive it that much. And uh, buying, uh, I mean, yes, I because I have a young child at home, I say, okay, I can make a little difference. I'll buy an EV. I don't want them reading. Let me make a difference. Most buyers don't buy vehicles or anything for altruistic reasons, right? You buy it, cost is a matter. I think in a country like India and America, you can buy something for altruistic reasons. Definitely in the, the Scandinavian countries, you buy vehicles for altruistic reasons. But um, mm-hmm. those are richer countries. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, we have a lot of low-hanging fruit when it comes to EVs. And of course, the government have to think about what to do with China. We can mandate, like at airports, why aren't those airport buses electric? Why aren't uh, all the airport tractors electric why i mean why can't you make school buses electric you know as the buses get replaced goes electric over there um uh, you've seen how now so many delivery boys if you're ordering food delivery or even amazon or uh, flipkart they are coming on electric vehicle because they use it right so they're coming on electric three-wheeler electric four-wheeler even two-wheeler they're using it so much the economics just make a lot of cost benefit but as i said uh to, to take full advantage of the cost benefit of an electric vehicle, you have to um, look at uh, buying it for, uh, you know, look at uh, using it as much as possible. So it really doesn't make sense if you're not, and, and most people don't drive that much. They drive a thousand kilometers a month in a big city, in a small town, in small towns, like, you know, how you, you, I mean, my mom in law lives in Kanpur. She has a six year old Hyundai i10, Grand i10. I don't think it's done 10,000 kilometers. <laughs> you don't really use it, right? You don't really use yeah. car, but you want to have a car, by the way. You want to have a car. So, uh, t- so t- t- why, why don't you think then, in such a scenario, uh, something like a hybrid v- vehicle? Would be better I'm for Indian for conditions. Oh, I, I'm all for it. I believe hybrids. Firstly, I've argued several times that the taxation, <clears throat> excuse me, that the tax on a car should be based on tailpipe emissions. Right? So you start with zero tailpipe emissions that an electric car has, and you go all the way up to you know something like a 
BMW M5 or a Mercedes AMG car, which is, you know, going through uh, using petrol as if, you know, it's going to finish tomorrow. But so therefore, a hybrid will come somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, a hybrid will have, look at the success of the Toyota Innova Hycross. Everybody wants it. It's got almost a one year long waiting list for the car. Uh, because my friends who bought it, they're saying we are, you know, we are getting on a petrol car, mind you, they're getting 20 kilometers a liter on a on an Innova, which is a huge car. So, you know, you should have your car taxes, whether it's GST or road tax, should be equivalent to that. So a hybrids will be promoted over there. However, there are hybrids and there are hybrids. I think the government rightly or wrongly thinks that hybrids are yesterday's technology because it's, uh, you know, we want to go all the way to electric because we want to skip a step. We are India. You know, we went straight from uh, the landline to 2G mobile phones. We can skip. We didn't even have landlines properly. We went straight to mobile. That sort of thinking. I mean, um, yes, but cost is, a, cost is an issue, right? Cost is yeah. an issue. And uh, we, uh, we have to figure out how to incentivize buyers to buy electric, buy lower emission cars, even hybrids. I believe hybrids uh, in the US, uh, I was looking at some US sales figures right now. The cars that are doing best in the US are what you call plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, yeah. where you have a much smaller battery pack than uh, a full electric, maybe only about five kilowatts or 10 kilowatts, but that is enough electric power where, say in the center of a city, say you go to South Bombay, right? I mean, you go, uh, once you cross the ceiling, you move to electric mode only. It has got enough range for that little bit of South Bombay and then um, you can go back home. The bat the motor charges it as well as charge it from the wall. So yeah. And so it's a lot I, cheaper than electric. What, what I have understood is uh, it stays on electric mode up to a certain speed till your car is driving at a certain speed. So if you're in traffic, which is a constant state in India, at least in Mumbai, you're in a constant state of traffic in India. And uh, every time you brake, so every time you've pressed the brake, right? Some of these it's vehicles, easy. they keep charging. It regenerates yeah. you. Even a good EV does that, right? It's regenerative braking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, charging the battery. Uh, no, they don't just the speed thing, right? Um, I had the Honda City Hybrid for about two months last year. And I really liked it. I got 22 kilometers per liter, um, which is fantastic, right? I mean... Uh, this is city driving? Mainly city. The Honda City are mainly urban. Yes, in Delhi, you've got the Delhi-Gurgaon Expressway and you're going to Greater Noida. Those are high-speed roads. But... Um, the hybrid is a great piece of technology. Yes, it's a bit complicated. Yes, you know, the controllers and the fact that you have two um, powers, it is complicated. There's a lot of complex engineering in a hybrid, but the Japanese have managed to drive costs down on hybrids to the point that um, the cost differential of a hybrid to a regular, say on a Honda City, I think it's about two and a half lakhs. Which you'll make back, you'll only save about two or three rupees a kilometer tops, but you'll make that back. If you 
even on an EV, if you consider you're going to own the car for five years, six years, and petrol prices might go up in those five years or six years, right? You'll still probably make your money back. Fair enough. But one aspect that nobody, like one decent solution when I was driving in America and getting myself tortured, the first thing that came to my mind was, I was like, yeah, battery swap kyun hoti? Yeah. Just say, for example, I go into a charger station. Uh, instead of charging what I have, they have a ready-made thing. They take this out, put that in. It should be, uh, obviously, the size of the battery of the vehicle was too big. Somebody told me to be done in this way. So then I was like, work on that, right? Rather than creating so many superchargers. It more complicated because today... Um... All cars today, even SUVs, even uh, you know vehicles like the um, Mahindra XUV 700 or even the Land Rover Defender are called monocoque. Monocoque construction means the body is the 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 body shell is the strength structure. It's not a frame design where you can uh, easily unload the battery. So then a car right now in Tesla is talking about something called giga casting. So everything becomes cast in one piece. I know. The battery is pretty much integrated into the car. You yeah, can remove problem. it, but it's not easy. Whereas battery swapping works very well in a two-wheeler because a two-wheeler exactly. you're fitting in the battery pretty much like you're fitting in batteries in a remote control. Battery swapping also works on a bus because a bus is built on a frame. So you can remove the batteries. So battery swapping was talked about in buses. The only issue, and this was told to me by a large electric bus manufacturer's management, they said the problem is um, we don't want to do swappable batteries in India because we just don't trust uh, the ability of state transport corporations to maintain those batteries. They'll maintain it badly. One day they'll all catch fire and we'll be blamed. Yeah, or Nito suddenly pata chalega ki government ke stockyard said there are batteries going out being replaced by some cheap, cheaper knockoff of the Chinese battery. So, the Chinese cheaper knockoff of the Chinese battery, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. government is capable of doing something as rotten as that in India. No, it's not government, right? It's about how you manage the system right now. Actually, what's happened is because, and this is not a very well known fact that, um. After the power utilities in India, the most mm -hmm. indebted state-owned corporations are the okay. state transport corporations. They're extremely yeah. indebted. Yeah. Um, Mumbai me BST. BST, uh, you know, so therefore, you know, some of the arguments against uh, people made against free bus travel were very bizarre because India was the loss they'll make for free bus travel is not even is nothing compared to the losses they already made. Um, mm -hmm. and they actually mean so a lot of the EVs are not run by them they are run like in Mumbai if you go down to say you see the small electric buses near the gateway those are actually run by Tata Motors themselves those are not guys who are employed so a lot of the state transport corporations the big problem they have is you know like Air India like is as their pension requirements all of those so right now these are buses whether it's in delhi or whether it's in mumbai or many other cities they are they are run on a 
on a per kilometer basis by these private companies and uh, you know the state government has to pay them that money and uh, the, that's the way it runs and uh, that's what's happening and i said evs buses is easy um, if we improve our public uh, transport infrastructure and as a, and if we you know okay take a call fine china makes batteries the best now for now let us increase our dependence on China while um, giving the correct subsidies. And I think the government is doing the right thing with the performance-linked incentives for uh, promoting manufacturing. Uh, big companies like you know Maruti, um, uh, Aisha Motors, Tata Motors, they've gone in for the PLI. Hopefully, they'll be able to make the proper vehicles over there. I, I'm not saying the government is not doing the right thing. It's just that... Uh, we have to be, uh, we also have to look, uh, when I talk about geopolitics again, uh, we are friendly to Japan, we are friendly with South Korea, Encard is their companies. I mean, Hyundai is coming here, LG Chem is here, the Japanese companies want to come here. They realize India is the market. Uh, Encard is them to set up manufacturing over here. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, with these companies, uh, there's always been tech transfer. You see, like Samsung making their latest phones in India now, LG is making their phones in India. Everybody's doing all this in India. So, um, but we have to also look at some near-term solutions, which is because air quality is just so pathetic. Uh, and um, if you're not addressing the stubble burning, which you're not in Delhi at least, for whatever reasons, uh, and the fact that a lot of the construction that is happening is for public infrastructure, Vehicular pollution is the one thing we can control, and uh, we have to control that. And vehicular pollution is actually the through the year problem. It's not just during. In these months, due to the other conditions rising, it becomes worse. But uh, mm -hmm. we have to control it, and we'll have to take a conscious call on you know, hum that yes, we have to depend on China, whether we like it or not, for a short term at least. Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand that at the end of the day, if we don't have the resources or the wherewithal in the short run, I agree with you, we'll have to depend on China, but it has to be on our terms as much as possible. And we have to slowly build technologies. I agree with you. We should look at, you know, South Korea, Taiwan in whatever way they can help us and many other nations in and around Japan. I don't know if the Americans can be relied upon on anything. It's just my point of view personally. But no, in Taiwan, talking about Taiwan, there's a Taiwanese company called Gogoro, which is a world leader in battery swapping. So a lot of the swapping stations, I don't know if you've seen them, there's some being set up in Delhi. Hero is one of the partners because you, see, you said you said saw the Hero ad for the swappable battery. So over there, you go there, put in your battery, you, you buy a battery subscription package. So there'll all be these, these innovations. I'm sure I, don't, I do not doubt our ability in India to drive services innovation. We've done that with the mobile phone and smartphones and subscription packages. So you can do that. Maybe we'll see what we do. Um, um, so there, there is that. But you're correct. We'll have to bite the pill and say, okay, you know what? We are China's way ahead in the EV game, in the EV battery game, in setting up the infra. And even technology, they're going ahead of the Germans. The Germans are scared after what they saw at the Chinese auto show. So um, 
yeah, if it means getting in the maybe on our terms, maybe is there's talk going that Sajan Jindal's JSW will buy uh, a stake in MG Motors India. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's been the news. It's been going around for a while. My friend Pankaj at Times of India wrote about that. And um, I don't know if it's going to happen. It's been rumored for a long, long time. But uh, maybe, maybe let's see. Maybe we'll partner with Chinese companies, just like the Chinese uh, forced foreign companies when they entered China to partner. But keep in mind, China wanted Tesla to go to China. Tesla, unlike the German companies, unlike Toyota, unlike Honda, Tesla entered China with a 100% subsidy. Because China wanted to learn from Elon Musk. Yeah. And uh, they allowed Tesla to do that. So we should be very strategic. I mean, China was strategic in the way they look at companies. If uh, I mean, there's talk right now that the government will look at um, giving some. Uh, so right now, if you import a car, you almost pay double, right? For a brand new car, it's almost 114% more. So that's mm -hmm. why imported cars cost so much more in India than you know. That's when you go, you compare price of a car in America and car in the same car in India. You're like, what the mm -hmm. hell? But uh, if we give a tax benefit to EV, say Tesla comes into India and say, okay, you bring in a cheap car as you establish your manufacturing facility, it might take two years or three years or whatever it is, you can establish your sales network, we'll give you a benefit for a few years to, you know, while you set your stuff up, and you give that to everybody, not just Tesla. You give that to Toyota, you give that to Hyundai, you give that to, uh, uh, you know, Volkswagen. So, and uh, let them establish their bases. And once we get the volume, because manufacturing only makes sense in volume. It doesn't make sense to set up a, why do you think none of the, Mercedes, Mercedes, which is possibly going to sell 20,000 plus cars this year in India, they don't manufacture cars, they assemble cars in India, but they don't do much value add in India simply because the volumes aren't there. Yeah. So build the volumes. You can't insist that Elon set up a factory here, but Elon won't set up a factory to sell 10,000 cars. Yeah. To, so to give him some incentives, and I think that's happening now. I think uh, the government realized that the government can't uh, car companies will say, uh, you know, we won't come to India if you have these, con you know, onerous conditions. I agree. If I was a car company, I would be saying the same thing. But, you know, one weird market that I came across in my reading of random things was the absurd world of the Pakistani car market. It's a second-hand mangi every year. It's a because so they import virtually everything. Um, in fact, for a long time, the Maruti 800 was sold there for longer than it was sold here because uh, they still had the. But they are getting kits. Uh, even the Japanese and the Koreans told Pakistan if you allow, they, they won't. By the way, Pakistan doesn't allow, logically, a kit should go from India. Because we are also a right-hand drive market. Yeah. But no, they don't want kits from India, which makes it a huge challenge for everybody. Because they don't make right-hand cars in many, many markets. So all the cars, the kits have to come from Japan or South Korea. And, and 
Second, obviously the Pakistani rupee is falling, so the second hand demand is there. Some of these guys, by the way, now because of the balance of payments crisis Pakistan had, had to stop their uh, imports of their kids. So the only way you could get a new car was to buy a second hand car. It's, it's, but, it's insane. But, yeah. yeah. Well, so Chalo, I, I'll ask you a couple of questions from the viewers now. Um, Somebody has asked, seeing the horrible AQI levels of Delhi NCR, which switch to CNG, what will you recommend for the capital, which depends mainly on the metro and local transport for commuting? Yeah, in the capital, I honestly, um, I, I drive an electric inside the city. Um, and if something could be done to set help the bridge capital for a electric vehicle and, you know, I would suggest people in Delhi get as many electrics as possible. Um, but honestly, would I mean, that just, even uh, do a blip on the pollution? I'll, I think a lot of the pollution this time, uh, what's going unsaid, a lot of the pollution in Mumbai also is a lot of the construction. And this is, yeah. you know, the RRTS is being built. Phase 4 of the metro is being built. Because this is stuff that should have happened 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I mean, the Urus is a very nice car, though. Huh? I mean, oh, she bought a, I mean, the, whatever car she bought, a very nice car. I've driven those Lambos around the track, very nice. I don't know where the hell you're going to drive them in Mumbai, but anyway. Um, yeah, I. Hesitate. I was just talking to a very close friend of mine yesterday. Uh, she's the mother of a eight-year-old and a sixteen-year-old, and she's saying, you know, we have to do something. She's saying it's only, the, and she had a point. It's going to be the mothers that can drive some change. But I just told her one thing: Can you imagine Delhi without the metro? We didn't have the metro uh, until two thousand until twenty years ago. Okay, mm -hmm. there was no metro. I, I finished college in two thousand. There was no metro. And today, everybody who goes to North Campus of Delhi University uses the metro. The, the, I mean, Delhi without the metro would have been unlivable by now. And, uh, I, I mean, I've already got friends in Mumbai who are praising the new metro to high heaven. They're saying, I don't care if the autowalas are crying, but thank God. Uh, it'll, it's, I mean, I love the metro. I use the metro quite often, actually. My son loves the metro. He loves going for ride on the metro every Sunday we go for a ride um, public transport has to be encouraged everywhere as much as possible as much as possible uh, at least in an urban environment but for that to really encourage the metro I think DMRC the Delhi government can learn a bit more make um, better parking facilities build more multi-level parking they are now so people can park and go use the metro um, there are lots of cars, and, and I'm sure if you did this smartly, more people would do that. And uh, across the board, and uh, and I hope more Indian cities. I mean, Mumbai definitely the metro is improving. The east-west line in Kolkata, what's happening in Chennai, Bangalore. Uh, once the new metro to Whitefield in Bangalore gets ready, and um, all the way to, um, it will make huge changes. AQI is pretty bad in not just Delhi right now. It's also bad in Mumbai. It's also bad in across. I mean, the pictures that have been posted uh, on X, they show it's like, you know, somebody's blown cigarette, a cigarette straight onto a map of North India. Yeah. Literally, it's just that. 
it's a gray. I I've got two epiphanies on at home. So anyway. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So one more question. Why not develop nuclear power to make coal liquefaction to produce petrol viable in a viable manner? We have massive coal deposits equivalent to 300 billion barrels of oil and we have good uranium thorium deposits. Why can't we do something that apartheid South uh, Africa do? You should really invite a gentleman called Dr. Rahul Dongya to your show. He will explain this a hell of a lot better than me. He is an energy expert, uh, Dr. Dongya. is somebody i respect a lot we haven't been able to do anything with thorium until now thorium was a super fuel as far as i know i am not an expert on this a lot of the stuff yes it's amazing we can do a lot of if we could do that at scale yes but the one thing we have to remember in india is scale doing things at india scale is using i used to uh, i once went to a conference where i had a a bunch of scandinavian guys say you know we should do this you should do that you should do this i said boss there are more people who live in vasantkunj than live in all of norway <laughs> i mean okay that's a bit extreme not very by far but definitely more people who live in vasantkunj than live in all of oslo or anything like that why do you think companies like mastercard and visa are petrified of upi because it works at scale um thorium is a massive thing thorium can be worked there is one theory that was told to me by the folks at toyota so there's a lot of wind energy that's being generated in india right now whether it's on the deserts of rajasthan or northern karnataka not near not near very high energy consuming areas so you can use that electricity to um, electrolyze water into hydrogen and then convert that hydrogen into ammonia which is nh3 and trans ammonia is liquid so you use pipelines to transport the ammonia ammonia goes back uh, you denitrogenize the ammonia is possible lots of solutions they sound very great on paper they sound very great when i'm talking about it right now but do they work on scale do they work on the scale required to fuel a country the size of india and india's again i think the mercator projection does india a massive disfavor because we are a huge country in terms of size also We are massive. Uh, you don't realize that on, as I said, a market or projection map. Um, so to do something in the scale of India is not just the volume, but also the distances involved. America is bigger for sure, but America has much of America's population is down the east and the west and Texas and Chicago and up there. But that's it. I mean, that's where you find ninety-five percent of America's population. So mm-hmm. uh, India is. Yeah, I mean, we have population centers all over the place. Yeah, we can argue seventy percent of us are on the energetic plane, but still, scale, how to implement, huge problems here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, in my observation of a lot of these suggestions that come, is that I think people don't realize how inefficient. they are in reality and how romantic they sound on paper 
most of the times i hear these so called suggestions i just tell myself listen i'm uh, i'll buy it when i see it like honestly i i i don't say no to people who have an imagination it's always good to have a good imagination but yeah beyond a point i i don't see the viability in most of these things and like i'll give you an example i ran a factory for more than 20 years you know we would always have discussions around how do we save water how do we save fuel how do we make our fuel efficiency even better and we would think of technologies x or y and whenever you know technology recommendation would come i would be the first one to adopt them but in 20 years barely two or three times they came with and out of the three that i tried only one worked the other two were just i mean the the person claiming that they would work i said listen i'm not going to pay you anything you have a free hand you can do the changes if it works you can monitor your man can stay there my man can stay there if it works i'll pay you if it not you can remove your parts and go and twice they had to remove their parts and go once it worked i stuck with that so in 20 years there was this one claim that uh, basically could happen yeah eventually i think the only solution for india is sab log hawa mein aise ek dusre ke upar kudiyan maro no no but another thing in india which you don't realize one thing i just read the other day uh, a friend of mine who looks at the consumer durable sector was telling me the fastest growing um, consumer durable in india is air conditioners now uh, air conditioners growing faster everything else uh you can go i'm sure if you go to dharavi you'll see air conditioners in dharavi now mm-hmm. um you cannot begrudge people buying air conditioners i mean greta thunberg, greta thunberg will be very angry people are buying air conditioners in india but um, mm-hmm. she, she, she can keep crying was, i don't care my you know people should buy air conditioners i'll you know mm-hmm. i'm happy to give loans to my uh, staff at home to buy air conditioners um it's inhumane uh, for people to uh, operate without acs nowadays so um but it's a it's a vicious cycle acs generate hot air acs use power from i mean no matter even the five star acs right <laughs> they still you're buying more acs you're using more power so yeah it's 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 a slightly vicious cycle also right yeah man kya kare abhi it's it, it is what it is but kushan uh before we wrap it up anything else you would like to add no i think coming back to the point there are lots of issues that the government has to look at the government's been decent the automotive industry in india it's been protective it's why the automotive industry today both automotive and auto components contribute significantly to the national gdp it is the single largest manufacturing sector in india uh, huge amounts of employment in you know many of the auto belts whether it's pune chakan uh, the ncr chennai um and now interestingly in gujarat um in fact just did a story about how uh, sad it is that bengal didn't get the chance uh, thanks to uh, political protests there um we have to uh, look at because the automotive industry does provide employment it does provide employment to millions so we have to be very very uh, we have to think this through uh, government has to think this through sudden changes i know the government wants to make changes uh, ministers in government have threatened to bulldoze uh, things uh, uh, industry because um, clean air is a priority but employment also is 
creating GDP, creating national value also is. Um, there are no easy answers. I don't want to pretend that they are easy answers. There are no easy solutions. Um, so yeah, people have to think this through. Uh, and you know, people like us are there to criticize and argue and even give suggestions as and when needed. Yep. Man, I, I wish there were good answers, but uh, I before we wrap it up, I was so excited when I drove the EV as a car. Honestly, I've never driven a better car than that in my life. You don't need good cars, doesn't he? Yeah, he. I mean, I have not driven a better car than that in my life, at least. I was like, uh -huh. whoa, what a car. But again, only for city driving. If you are someone who likes to go for you know, long drives, long distance driving. Electric vehicles are not meant for you. And one very, very big point that nobody wants to talk about is eventually batteries go sour and batteries oh, also have to be dumped. And what are we going to do with the battery dumping is also something that we need to keep in, in the back of our heads. Batteries can be recycled, the batteries that they use, but uh, yeah, but a battery, as I said, will have 3000 charge cycles, so it's got life. Mm. Uh, batteries and battery recycling are there, but you know, it's the same issue with smartphones. Most, most smartphones are very pretty well recycled nowadays, so we'll get there. I'm not worried about the recycling, but yes, if India has to go down the EV path, um, we have to think of recycling right now before EVs, yes. Uh, Really we need to expand. have those resources in order. We need to have the industries in order. We need to promote recycling. We need to do all of that right now. We need to have the incentives right now. For example, there are different lithium, but that's a different debate. But yeah, recycling will be a challenge for some battery chemistries as well going forward. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Kushan, thanks very much for coming. As Thank always, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. And we'll do this again in a few months. So see you soon. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up. Uh, so in the description of the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio only version, you will have uh, Kushan's X handle and his uh, link for print where he writes a lot of his articles. You can go and check them out. And uh, as you all know that this podcast is a member driven podcast. So if you can support the Charvak podcast, please do by becoming a member on YouTube or on Patreon or on Fanmo. You can also buy the Charvak podcast merchandise on kushalmehra.com or on Kadakmars too. You can also support the podcast by just sending your donations through UPI to kushalmehra at ICICI. If you can't do any of this, just subscribe to the channel like the video, leave a comment in the comment section. And if you are an audio only person, just leave a rating on the audio platforms that you listen to. I will see you guys next time. Until then, namaste, take care. Bye-bye.